Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hello, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And welcome to Charmed, a Spellcast! Hey you listening there, have you heard about the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed a spell cast okay we're back okay it is season one episode 16 which prue is it anyway well which is it <laughs> so this episode was directed by John Baring. It was written by Javier Grillo or Grillo Marchois. Mm-hmm. I looked up how to pronounce his name. Yes. Um, and it aired March 3rd, 1999. Very nice. So before we get into our recap, do we have any manner keeping? I just have one thing, and I didn't want to mention it in the last episode because it would be too early to talk about it. But by the time you listen to this episode, it'll be two days before I hike the Half Dome in Yosemite National Park. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go walk up a mountain, you guys. Dr. Wong Galen <laughs> Mountain. Um, I'm pretty hyped. Uh, Andrew, one of our friends, has done it before. Vivian, my our big, my big and our sorority that we were both in, which I am. We were what? Which I'm once again outing us about. Uh, <laughs> she hiked it as well. Um, other people have hiked it. <laughs> I'm certain of Yosemite himself. Yes, in fact, Mr. Yosemite, Mr. Half Dome. <laughs> the Half Dome is named after. Yeah, I'm pretty excited because not you have to get a permit to hike it. You enter a lottery to get the permit, so it's very rare to hike it. Not very rare, but it's like you have to go through processes to hike it, and it's also a strenuous hike, which I've never really done before. It's like 12 hours long. It's however many hours. No, no, it's however many miles, um, and it's, like, pretty intense, like, the upwards incline and all it's the different vertical. pathways. Yes. The, the last, like, 30 minutes of it, you're literally pulling yourself up the side of the face with ropes that have been um, pushed into the, or uh, attached to the wall. You're my hero. Thanks. I would never do it. Maybe I'll pass out. Maybe I won't be able no, to do no, it. No, no, no. 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 Okay. You're going to do it. All right. You're going to do it, and then next episode you'll report back. Okay, I will. I shall. But anyway, two days from now, wish me luck. Good luck, Bryce, in the future. Thanks. Dr. Wong, saving the world, saving the planet, stepping on the face of the planet. Stepping on it, you know? (laughs) You know? It's what we're asking for. Um, Yes, I don't think I have manner keeping, except now it will have been two weeks into summer. Sounds wonderful. Sounds like freedom. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds like I will have gone back home and visited for a few days and seen Good. my my family, which I'm very excited about. Um, I will have just come off of some camping. Very nice. Dancing in the woods. Yes, I remember you telling me about that. Yep, not going to talk any more about it. Um, and, and then you'll come back to summer in the city. Summer in the city, as Regina Spector says. Yeah. It's cleavage, cleavage, cleavage. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be hot messes for sure. We're going to be... Hot messes. That's that's her song lyric, by the way. That's not just me saying oh. cleavage. That's a song lyric. Okay, that helps. And I trust Regina Spector with my life. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything. I'm just going to wait and see what happens for future Shayna, and then we'll come back and, and talk about... Yeah, we'll pop off. We'll let you know. Past Shayna in the future. Triplicate. Anyway, this episode so. is also about <laughs> interesting divisions of people. Yeah. So the very first uh, cold open is a warlock killing a boxer. I'm just gonna like lay out what happens. Just okay. instead of stepping through it, like <laughs> whoa, minute by minute. This is what happens: a warlock kills a boxer with a giant sword and um, steals his uh, instinct to kill. His killer instinct. Yes, that was that's better. <laughs> Dressed to kill by. Brian De Palma. Don't watch that movie. It's bad. Okay. Um, anyway, it's very, it's very transphobic. Oh. Yeah, it's a bummer. We were talking about queer villains, weren't we? Um, very damaging stereotypes. But yes, 
He steals a boxer's killer instinct, and it's... He flays him with a sword. It's awful. Yeah. And also the... I don't know. The conversation that he has with the boxer right beforehand was kind of awful, too. Yeah. He's, like, telling the boxer, like, you killed a guy in the ring once. Blah, blah, blah. Like, how was it? I just want to feel that experience. All this stuff. Yeah. It's really not fun Mm -mm. at all. Also, this is a white dude talking to a black man. Yeah. And as I was watching it, and he was like, I want to use your killer instinct. Yeah. It's like, this is... Get out, 2017, directed yeah, yeah. Jordan Peele. It's the same kind of like, wow, your worth is all about your athleticism and your ability to have power mm-hmm. in your body. That's what I want. That's what I find valuable it. about you. I exactly. don't value you. I value what you can give me, which is killing people. Yeah. Rough bad. stuff. Rough all stuff. bad. So anyway, that's we're introduced right away to our villain and uh, his, uh, his, his desire, his goal, and also his weapon of choice. Yes, very phallic. Indeed. And he's got a Jersey accent. It's all bad. Okay, next scene in this, uh, in this cold open is at the manor. Um, Piper and Prue are talking, and Piper is upset because she has to do an inventory of Quake, and also she doesn't get paid enough. Yep, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And um, I want to say, before we keep going through the scenes, that the fashion in this episode, impeccable. Love it. <laughs> Amazing. Piper's, I don't know what Piper's wearing. Prue is wearing a green... Uh, dress and sweater combo. I love it. Yeah. And Phoebe, they find in the living room. Yeah. In this teeny little like workout outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And little pigtails, mm-hmm. and she is boxing against this like box man yeah. three thousand. This like robot dummy thing. Yeah, and she says, as they make fun of her for her um. Her noises, her (laughs) noises of exertion. Yes. She says that she's tired of having a passive power Mm -hmm. and she wants to be able to defend herself. Yeah. Which is kind of something that carried over from the last episode in which she did have an active power, but it was only because of evil. Yeah. And I think it's probably contributing to her sense of inferiority sometimes with her sisters. Absolutely. So she's doing something about that. Yeah, which is Sisters great. are doing it for themselves. Yeah! That's a good song reference. Okay, uh, two other things that happen in this cold open before we head to credits. One is that there's a giant statue uh, in the living room, and they can't move it because they don't have storage space, or storage space costs too much downtown, and it's too heavy for Prue to move by herself with her powers. Which is interesting. Interesting. I didn't really think that worked with the rest of the series, mm-hmm. or the, yeah. the season. It didn't. Um, but we needed to set up this idea that Prue has limitations on her power. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, we kind of already knew that, but I guess I want to, like, quantify it. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then the third thing that happens before we head to credits is that, um, while they're talking to Phoebe after her exercising, she gets a premonition of Prue dying, mm. which is, it's a stressful thing. Awful. To, yeah. You're like, I just saw you die. Credits. <laughs> Credits. I am the sun and the air. Okay. So some early morning reading and sketching swords mm-hmm. after the credits. Yep. Um, and Phoebe is looking through the Book of Shadows trying to find the sword that she saw in her premonition that was yes. running Prue through yeah. like a shish kebab. Um, mm. uh, Piper comes downstairs, needs coffee, because she too has been up all night yeah. worrying. I like that they sleep. <laughs> like, just, I don't know if that's a weird note, but just in the series as a whole, they're often shown, like, waking up together, getting mm-hmm. ready together. Like, they're very human. Yeah. The little peeks that we get into their home lives, like, when they're cleaning up the attic, is, are things that I truly treasure. Yeah, I agree. Routine. Familiarity. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, so, Prue comes down, and she's like, okay, I'm going to go to work. And they were, they're like, what? What do you mean? We just saw you getting killed. Or uh, Phoebe. Phoebe just saw you getting killed. You can't possibly go in the house today. But Prue says, you know what? My boss said that I need to go and I got to go. And that's more important. And here we get again. Prue is truly a workaholic. She truly is. Um, but she's good at her job. And she feels as if she, because the, what, what, what she needs to do at Buckland is a very important thing. And she feels that if she can do it, which she can, then she can really secure a lot of success for Buckland in the future. Yeah, exactly. So they're at Buckland. Oh, yeah. And uh, Claire's trying to, Price, 
Claire Price, her boss is trying to prep her on the account that they're trying to get, um, trying to tell Prue, like, all right, we have to really get this account. And this is the line that I have mostly word for word. But the reason why they need this account is because this woman's family has more money than God, and landing this account would keep Buckland in the black for years. Wow, that was word for word. Yeah. Also, the note I had about this is... Um don't talk about money so loud in the halls of your establishment oh, yeah. as you're going to meet your client. Yeah. That just seems like bad business sense. You're correct. Not Thank a good you. business model. As a businessman. <laughs> yeah, they're doing this really like loud power shopping, like power walking and talking kind of thing. Um, but anyway, so I guess what they need to do is they need to meet with this client who is offering them a bunch of different artifacts that they can be in charge of cataloging and archiving and once they have that uh storage of artifacts then they will have a lot of money yeah exactly and uh the note that i have about this scene is that these three women in a room all making eye contact with each other is at its core sapphic that's all (laughs) okay i appreciate that Okay, so I don't really have that many more notes on the scene either. I guess this is their initial meet. Um, meanwhile, at Quake, uh, we finally figure out what the sword is. So we learn that it's the symbol of the Lords of War, and then we could just kind of learn a little bit more about um, the mythology behind that. Uh, so basically, Lords of War are these, uh, these spiritual, supernatural beings who get reincarnated over time. And their one goal in life is to create wars. And they've been behind some of the biggest wars uh, amongst the human race for, like, centuries. Um, and so then after they create a war, then they get reincarnated as somebody else and they try to start another war. Um, and then they're pretty much impervious to the weapons of man, but only if they're holding their weapon of choice. Uh, and then the only way that you can get them to not have their weapon, or no, that wasn't it, but the only way that they become impervious, unimpervious, pervious, no. Permeable. The only way that they can be attacked is um, when they break the code of honor and then they lose all of these powers and they try to steal them back. Yeah. They become disgraced. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And after they become disgraced, they have to do what this current warlord is doing, which is killing people and obtaining their powers with his sword. Uh Uh-huh. His penis. Anyway. (laughs) Um, And I think, I don't know if it's mentioned in the scene, but is it a fact that when he's not holding onto his weapon he loses his um ability to be invulnerable something like that it's all connected to the sword right okay and then the last thing is that the power that he's trying to steal back um next is the power of the firstborn witch Mm -hmm. which is apparently the strongest of the sisters yeah which i think has been demonstrated which is why the statue thing was weird um uh, the only note I have about the scene is Phoebe's coat. Hello, <laughs> almost 2000. Yes. Yeah, She's got yeah. this long, like, leather yeah, trench. I know. Almost. I, I loved it. It reminded me of Buffy. Yeah. That on top of, like, a small tank top is just, like, a very good look. Oh, peak fashion. Mm-hmm. Alyssa Milano looks so good in this episode. All of these wardrobe choices are so good. Alyssa Milano, you're doing some interesting stuff asking women to go on a sex strike which i'm not really excited about but um not on twitter she did this Hmm. she was like there's an abortion ban well that means that women we should act like lysistrata she didn't actually say lysistrata which is a play in which this is the plot that women withhold sex from men in order to get men to do what they want um which basically equates sex to one something that women don't enjoy and two women using their bodies only as commodities and that's the only way that men will respect them anyway it kind of relates back to our previous conversation in the last episode where sex is our only bargaining chip our only ability to attain power Mm -hmm, exactly so maybe Alyssa milano was paying a little too close of attention to her first season of charm maybe she heard our podcast in the past or in the future and then just like went to the past and decided to have that kind of yeah I don't know. So anyway, she's got some very white feminist politics yeah. uh, going on right now. Hmm. But damn, she kills it in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. That's she's, she's never going to come on our podcast. It's fine. Well, well, well. Okay. So anyway, um, the... Wait, why are we at Quake? Is that why we see what's happening with... Oh, yeah, because they meet up. 
yeah. um, Piper and Phoebe to talk about the wars, the warlords. So they find out that this guy's going to go after Prue. Mm-hmm. So they try to call Prue. Meanwhile, Prue is at a warehouse to check out this collection. Yes, she didn't go back home like she promised, no, like right she away. she said she would. She said that she would just go to work and come back home if it would make Piper and Phoebe feel better, but she's breaking her promise because she's a workaholic. Yeah, so she gets invited to the client's um, home, I guess, to do a sample inventory before they decide to take on the account. Uh, and it's very creepy. It's just full of old stuff, which yeah. right away. <laughs> she opens the door to the warehouse and sunlight floods in, illuminating all the dust motes moving about these artifacts, these very expensive um, artifacts that no one family should own. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- yeah. Anyway, I, are these, is this family like an actual real family or are they just like, they must be? They're a front. I don't know. It's not really clear. Yeah. Because um, apparently they own an estate. Yeah. But also, it's just a war. It, it's not really explained. Yeah. Okay. Well, sloppy writing there. But anyway, it turns out that, uh, so it's the sister, it's a sister and brother who are trying to um, get Buckland to uh, manage all of their different artifacts. And so Prue's only met the sister at Buckland, and now she's at their, at their uh, warehouse or whatever. She goes in and she's taking a look around. And it turns out that the brother is there as well, and it's the guy from the very beginning, the one who had stabbed the uh, the boxer, Mr. Jersey. Mr. Jersey, Mr. Joyzy. Yeah. And so, as Prue is inspecting things, she tells the woman, "You have exquisite taste, which is code for you have a lot of money, <laughs> and you hired the right people to pick up artifacts for you, and you should not own these." Um. So the the woman, what was her name? Shoot, I don't remember. I really don't remember. Susan. It's not Susan, but, you know. Um, the woman is uh, is telling her to inspect certain things and kind of testing her, and Prue finds a pillory, Yeah. Um, which is a block that you put your hands in, mm-hmm. and then it's for convicts. Yeah. It's like a portable version of the stocks. Exactly. You just, for your, the stocks. just for your hands. Yes. Um, and then magically the pillory closes on her and she gets trapped. Yeah. And Mr. Jersey comes out of the shadows and says, Hi, I'm the brother. Also, I know you're a witch and I'm going to steal your powers, which emanate from your hands, which is why we have trapped your hands. Ah. Lucky for Prue, they haven't actually done their research right, so they don't know that her power is from her yes. eyes. She channels them through her eyes. From her brain through her eyes. Ah. The eyes are the soul. Nope, the window <laughs> to the soul. The eyes are the windows to the soul. The eyebrows are the frames to the windows to the soul. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And the hair <laughs> are the to the frames, to the windows, to the soul. Yes, this seems right. And then the nose is the perch, the ledge for the windowsill, for the uh, windows to the soul, to the brain. (laughs) Uh, That got away from me. I don't think I was doing as well as you were, but I tried my best. That is A-OK. I appreciated it. Okay, so she squints at them a bunch, and then they get thrown around. (laughs) Ding! Ding! They go, whoo, whoo, zoom, zoom. And they're like, we didn't do our research. Damn you, JSTOR. <laughs> oh, no. Foiled again. We're blasting off. Uh, okay, so she makes her getaway, um, which is awesome. Good for her. And yuck, there is an incest plot, it seems. Yeah. Uh, so basically, when the sisters regroup, they learn that Prue was this close to death. Uh, Piper and Phoebe are displeased with that. Um, so they're trying to figure out a game plan. Because now they know who the enemy is, and now they know that he has a, what his weapon of choice is, and they know that if they separate that guy from his sword, uh, they'll weaken him, and they'll be able to kill him or something like that. Um, and then they talk about how the way they're going to separate him and the sword is that they know he's got a really uncomfortably close relationship with his sister, and they want to trade the sister for the sword. Yeah, exactly. If they isolate her, then he will surely follow. Mm-hmm. And they do a bunch of penis innuendos at oh, yeah. this point in the show. Some men can be very sensitive about their weapons, says Piper. <laughs> and there's a little moment. And then she just kind of waves it <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just all full of 
phallic innuendo, men, their swords, warmongers, their swords, weapons of choice. Chop off their penises. And then take the sister, who is the threat of castration. Yes. And he will surely follow. There we go. Okay. Thanks, Laura Mulvey. <laughs> okay, so that's the game plan at first. But then they're also talking about how when they're looking at the Book of Shadows, what had been happened what had been done in the past was that their ancestor had separated the guy from his weapon of choice by dispelling the weapon of choice miles and miles away from his physical body. So uh Piper or not Piper, Prue was uncertain whether she had that kind of power. Yeah, she was uncertain, so she found a spell which would allow her to increase her powers threefold. Mm-hmm. And the other gals are like, uh, eh. yeah. Phoebe kind of is into it. Yeah, Phoebe was like, okay, I'll let you take that responsibility. And Piper's like, wait, no, we should do things together and not yeah. have Prue shoulder all the responsibility. And Phoebe's like, nah, she can do it. She's got a job. <laughs> yeah, Piper's really dedicated to the uh, using the power of three to solve problems together. I feel like it's a middle child thing. Hundred percent, just the most reasonable solutions to everything, too. Yeah, just saying. But Prue decides that she's going to magnify her powers by using the spell, so she goes up to the attic to do it. And instead of magnifying her powers threefold, it magnifies Piper threefold. Prue. Prue threefold. Yeah, it's it triplicates her. Triplicates her. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Those uh, those episodes in Calvin and Hobbes where he like gets into the transmorgifier and he clones himself. It's exactly what's happening here. Yep. A big light show, three prues, all wearing the same slightly sheer top. <laughs> Thanks, costume designer. Yeah. One of, their, one of them has uh, their hair pushed back and combed nicely, and the other one has kind of like a shaggy bedhead. It's like a little rocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. A little rocker bob. And um, then we cut to the next morning. And... <laughs> And this next morning, uh, all three prus are hogging the bathroom. or <laughs> <laughs> drinking all the coffee. Uh, and Piper and Phoebe have had it. Yeah. They were like, this is the parent trap with a bee cup. It's awful. <laughs> um, my favorite part of this is all the prus are downstairs. And uh, they're complimenting they're, each They're other. saying, you look great. No, you look great. And I was like, that's totally proof. Yeah. Usually when we see Prue, she's always wearing a cardigan of some sort. So we never I never really like noticed how um how like how so, not I don't want to say unprofessional, but how her outfits are sometimes a little bit more revealing than I expected them to be. Without a cardigan, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. No, she she covers her shoulders for the corporate. <laughs> um yeah, but they're also having these conversations that are like is my skirt tight enough? Yeah. I don't know. It's wild. Like, there's a lot of stuff about body. Uh, that's not what I meant to say. Not body modification. There's a lot of attention paid to vanity mm-hmm. in this. And, like, how somebody looks. And how somebody looks indicates their personality. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, interesting. I think the one of the first things I would notice if I had a clone of myself was would just be me, like the way I look, because I never look at myself. So I might, well, I mean, except when I'm looking in the mirror, but even then it's like very different from when someone else is viewing you with their different eyes, their branded eyes. Anyway, so like my curiosity is always how do other people view me, especially because my mental image of myself is so different. Um, yeah. Like we, even when I see myself on camera and I'm talking for a while, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I moving my hands like that? No, no, totally. If I if I were to be cloned, I definitely would like observe myself out of a lot of curiosity. Also, because I'm hot, so like, <laughs> of course I identify. I'm glad you say that. Thank you. It's good that you know. It is good that I know. I know, so I can use it to <laughs> manipulate people. Because I am an evil queer. Anyway, you didn't hear that, listeners. It's all part of my master plan. <laughs> I'm just going to overlay that part with like a robot voice saying, I will use it to be very nice to people. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, good. So as far as everybody knows, that's what I'm doing. But anyway, yeah, so they're admiring each other themselves. Yeah. Um, and Phoebe <laughs> comes up with a brilliant idea to color code them by cardigan. Yes. So Prue... The original Prue gets a black cardigan, 
Um, the kind of preppy Prue gets a pink cardigan, mm-hmm. and the horny Prue gets a blue cardigan. <laughs> that's totally what that she is. That is the only way to describe her. It's like, it's ego and super ego. Yeah. And that's really funny. That is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's and very Freudian. I do want to, like, make it clear here that the these are clones, so they're not, it's not Prue split into three. It's, a, it's like a, they just copied her. They copied her. And yet they're not super decisive on, like, whether it's different sides. It's still different sides of her personality. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah. So it... Uh, they're well, imperfect copies. They're imperfect They're imperfect copies. Some things are magnified. Some things are adjusted. Mm-hmm. But they all represent her and they all have her same memories. Yes, exactly. Um, and they're kind of connected. That we'll, we'll learn that in a bit. But they're kind of a little bit connected on the physical sphere. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. So... They're all trying to figure out how are we going to defeat this guy, and they end up deciding on two Prues are going to go to Buckland, one Prue is going to go with Piper to Quake. There's no real sense to this, <laughs> just that Prue is a workaholic. Again. Uh, and then Andy visits at that moment in time, and um, Clone A is the one who answers the door, so now she has to pretend to be original Prue. Pink Prue. Pink Prue has to be regular Prue, um, but Pink Prue is like a very flirty Prue. Um, Sweet. Yeah, that's what it is. So she's like kind of cute, kind of like giggling at his uh, words. And Andy's visiting because he has these Bay Area Music Festival tickets, which is totally a festival that exists. Um, and they had gotten them a long time ago when they're still dating. And they finally came in the mail. Uh, and they're not dating, but he's like, if you wanted to go of a friend who happens to be your ex, just let me know. Yeah, they're still cute. Yeah. And Prue says, oh, I like your tie. That's a really oh, yeah. nice tie. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> It's not a nice tie. It's this weird tan green uh, tie. So what she's really saying is, I would like to take that tie off of you, <laughs> I think, is what this is. Oh, that must be it. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so they're cute. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's that. Okay. So now we go to Buckland. Uh, two Prues are there. Um, and mayhem ensues. Mayhem ensues. Mayhem. Mayhem, mayhem. Um, so Claire comes in. Oh, actually, before this. So Pink Prue makes sure that the assistant is gone by telling her to go Xerox everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everything. Everyone's everything. And this, it leads to my favorite line. Here it is. Hot off the laser jet. Oh, yeah. Why don't we use that more? Uh, oh, my God. What? Hot off the laser jet. You know who else is hot off the laser jet? Who? Pink Prue <gasps> and Blue Prue. Because they're, they're copies. copies. Good, nice. Good stuff. Good nice, stuff. nice, good stuff. nice. Clever. Okay, so uh, Pink Prue sends the assistant packing. Regular or um, original Prue is a little bit annoyed with Pink Prue. She's like, oh, you were too, you didn't have to do make the assistant do such menial tasks. Like, that's not respectful of the assistant, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Pink Prue's like, whatever. Pink Prue is relentlessly preppy yeah. and cheerful. Um, everything is fine. So then Claire comes into the office. So Pink Prue shoves original Prue behind the door and answers her and Claire is furious yeah. because the sister was so uh, disappointed yeah. in Prue's yeah. appraisal at the warehouse that she thinks she's going to take the entire account to a different auction house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Pink Prue stakes the Prue's job on the fact that she can get the account back. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. When you know this person's evil. Why would you do this, Pink Prue? Why would you do this? This makes no sense. Yes. A loose end that does not get tied up. So Pink Prue and Claire Price are going to go and visit the uh, the sister again. Um, until? Until. What? Did I forget something? Original Prue ends up going with her. Oh, yeah, yeah, because uh, Claire comes back. Well, essentially... Prue just says, you can't do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go. And Pink Prue, you take my car and go home. Yes. Okay, that sounds right. That sounds right. Okay. This is very confusing to explain. I'm trying to remember also the scene of events, or the uh, order of events. It's hard with three Prues. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing that happens is that we're at Quake, and Blue Prue is seducing the chefs. Yeah. Oh, boy. There's not really much that happens. She's just sitting there 
with the she- male chefs around her. Yeah. She's got her cardigan off her shoulder. Oh, yeah. Her hair is messy. And she's um, suggestively and lasciviously slurping spaghetti. <laughs> the most sexiest of the pastas. According to Lady and the Tramp. Yes. Um, so uh, Piper comes in and she's like, hey, uh, clone A, which she says it in a different way so that it doesn't alert the chefs to anything amiss. She says, uh, Pink Prude tells us that we need to go home, blah, blah, blah. Please stop seducing my chefs. Let's go. And, and Prue's like, I've always been like this. It's just never been fully expressed and come out oh, yeah. play enough. Yeah. And Piper's like, oh, yeah, that's weird. Let's, <laughs> yeah. just, let's go. That was another fun thing. When you yeah. recognize how, like, as sisters, they don't really share the sexual sides of their lives. No, I mean... Phoebe does. Phoebe does. All the time. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Love her. Um, but no, Prue and Piper are kind of more private about it mm-hmm. a bit. And Shannon Doherty, again, lower voice indicates sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were talking about this in our last uh, podcast episode, but the um, creation of a sexier character is just by lowering your voice, wearing more yeah. eyeliner, and mussing yeah. up your hair. And that's exactly what happened. And a shorter skirt. Yep. A little more cleavage. Yep. Off the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and her seduction is looked at as more playfulness in this yeah. part, but still as a bit of a manipulation. Yeah. And perhaps not, not like a behavior that's not appropriate. Exactly. Inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Sex, inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Sex that women initiate, completely inappropriate. Yeah. Desire, out of the question. Yeah, which is a, a great contrast between Pink Prue and Blue Prue, because the way Pink Prue approaches romance is a very flirty, like, kind of youthful attitude. It's very, like, innocent and, like... It's very light. Yeah. It's, very, I, I it's say, like teasing. I want to say girlish, but I also don't want to use that term. Well, that is what they're coding. Mm-hmm. 100% is this, like, very uh, feminine mm-hmm. kind of, like, approach, and a much more, like like, higher-pitched yeah. and submissive yes. kind of approach. that's what it is. Whereas Blue Prue is looked at as this, like, sex kitten almost. Yeah. Anyway. A dangerous person. Okay, so uh, they have to go back to the house. Something happens. Uh, I skipped a couple of steps. I think I wrote down the next so, one thing. So there, yeah, Piper hauls Blue Prue out of the kitchen. Pink Prue is going to the car. When she yes. is blinded by the light by a smoke bomb, blinded by the light, wrapped up like a deuce, another runner in the night, and she gets killed. <laughs> she gets killed. Ah, uh, it's awful because at the same time this is happening, original Prue is in the car with Claire Price heading towards the um, sister's appraisal place, yeah. and she feels the stabbing. She feels the death. Yeah, she feels the death as Jersey Man runs the sword through her, and uh, Pink Prue just dies. She doesn't disappear. But she also doesn't get the soul. Like, she doesn't give Prue's soul. Apparently it was not within her to be able to do that. So Jersey Man does not get the powers, and the sister sees that too. I have a question. What? Where on earth were Claire Price and Prue going? Oh, they had the address. They had That's the address right. of they the had, estate. Because they got it from the fresh off the laser yeah. jet. Got it. Okay. And there's also, like, the amount of death that happens in this scene, in this uh, episode, to a character that we know and love is shocking. Because you realize how often these characters should have died in earlier episodes. Yeah. True. Very true. So, yeah. So, Prue, Pink Prue is dead. And she killed. the incest siblings dump her body. Yeah, they put her in a ravine um, where she is later found by uh, the authorities. So Andy is called into the morgue to ID the body. And now it's Law and Order SVU, bum bum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he sees Prue's body on the slab, and he's given the effects that were found on the body at the scene of her dumping. And it's the uh, two music festival tickets that he had given her just that morning. Inexplicably, he's called in. We don't. Andy is right. the only detective in <laughs> San Francisco. Inspector, excuse me. Oh, yes. The correct. only inspector in San Francisco. But yeah, dang. Yeah. Andy just gets like a little moment of kind of faltering. I don't think he, I don't know. I was like, come on. Come on, TW. You can, you can let it all out. We know you're breaking on the inside. Uh, so after he has this very traumatic 
trip to the morgue, he has to do another very excruciating visit to the manor. And he, now he's crying. Yeah, because he has to tell the sisters, the next of kin, um, what has happened to their sister. So he, he goes to the... Uh, so Phoebe answers the door, mm-hmm. and he's visibly shaken up. He's trying to explain that they had just found Prue's body um, in a ravine. Um, and instantly, Phoebe's like, what kind of coat was she wearing? Or what was the color of her cardigan? He's like, uh, why is that important? He's, he's very like, distressed. Yeah, he's like, what? I just told you your sister is dead. You want to know what she's wearing? But he says, I think they said she was wearing something pink, even though he just saw her anyway. <laughs> um, and Phoebe knows that this means that the original Prue is fine. Yeah. Phew. So she's relieved, and Andy's, like, upset that she's relieved. It's just this whole weird thing. Um, and then, if I have this correctly, uh, Piper and Blue Prue walk in. Yeah. Shocking, Andy. Yes. And they have a little bit of a conversation. And as they're having a conversation of shock, dismay, awe, original Prue starts to walk in. <laughs> yeah. So Piper has to freeze Andy. Yeah. And hide away original Prue. Mm-hmm. And so then poof, poofta, um, she hides. They unfreeze Andy. And blue Prue starts walking Andy back out the door. Yeah. And Andy says, oh, okay, I, I guess. Well, do you still want to go to that concert? The tickets? She's like, what? Because Blue Prue didn't hear the conversation yeah. about the Bay Area Music Awards or yeah. festival tickets. So Andy is very suspicious. Yeah, something is definitely amiss. A lot of unaccounted things are happening. And uh, she, Blue Prue also says, nice tie. Oh, yeah. She wants it off. That's all I'm saying. That's it. That's all it can be. Yeah. All the Prues have this common goal. So we know that Prue is still very attracted to Andy. Okay. So then what happens next is I think this is actually the scene where they plan to separate or to steal the sister and trade her for the sword. The Uh, weird binding connection. Yes. They plan to uh, exploit. Mm -hmm. So the Prues want to be able to, the Prues want to team up together to do this. Um, but now they're down a Prue, the pink Prue. So I, I guess they still believe they can do it with just two of them? So they think they can do it with just the two of them. Um, but Phoebe and Piper are going to talk Prue out of it in, in the next scene. Right. Before that, they're at the manor, the castle, the estate. It's incest siblings yes. again. They... Uh, Sorry. Elbow sex. Elbow <laughs> sex. Um, they're just having, this is like a really quick cutaway scene where they're describing that their plan of attack is to get Prue while she's asleep, while all the sisters are asleep. In the dawn hours, when they're least <laughs> expecting it. And then the Jersey man says, checkmate, <laughs> as he's sitting at an evil chessboard. Uh, this makes no sense. It's probably from like, you know, the 13th century or whatever. <laughs> if last episode was a compilation of tributes and nods and tropes to the horror movie genre. This is a confusion of, like, Camelot (laughs) and Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Rocky Horror. What an interesting combination of things. Yes, indeed. Swords, penis jokes. Oh, I see what you're saying now. Incest. I follow. I get that. Awesome. All right, so now we're back at the scene where the Prue and where the Phoebe and Piper talk the original Prue out of their plan. Yeah, and they first they come into the room and both Prues are putting their cardigans back on, mm-hmm. which I would have thought meant that they had switched cardigans. Me too, but it doesn't mean that at all. So all I can think is that it means they just had sex with each other. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's just like masturbating but corporeal. That's fair. And they did already admire each other a lot. That's fair. I'm not going to write this fan fiction. This is one that I will not read on the air. But because I initially thought, too, that meant they switched cardigans, but it didn't. There's just no explanation for it. That must be the only explanation. Mm-hmm. All right. And Bodily there you autonomy. Have it. Do what you want um, with yourself. Anyway, <laughs> so... 
Now the power of five is to stay alive. And no, four. No, five. No, four. Four. Yes. So uh, they kick Blue Prue out of the room, and Phoebe and Piper talk to Original Prue about how this just doesn't seem like a solid plan. Yeah. And as they're doing that and talking her out of it, um, Blue Prue goes to do it anyway. Why? Because she's horny and impulsive. I thought it was because she was listening into the conversation and she realized how much danger their plan was going to have. And if she felt like she did it herself, then she could save the other sisters from that. Oh, it's absolutely true. That's definitely the correct interpretation. Yeah. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure if... uh, you were joking. <laughs> I was I was 100% joking, but also she is, as we've already seen, the seductive proof. Yeah, she is horny and impulsive. Yep. Um, okay, so we're at the estate, and Blue Prue left, which the three sisters were like, we knew she was going to do that. You know why? Because she's you, and you would have done that. That's exactly what original Prue would have done. Okay. Meanwhile, back at the morgue, Andy is talking to the uh, coroner. Is this right on your nose as well? Did you have more? No. No, I had that later. Oh, okay. What do you have next? The estate. Yeah. Okay, what do they do at the estate? So this is is the whole sister thing. So they're at the estate. It's just original, not original proof. It's just blue proof at the estate, and she's put the sister in the Iron Maiden. Right. Correct. And she's holding her hostage. And as Mr. Jersey comes in and sees the sister, the sister goes, she tied me up. And I was like, oh, my God. What is happening? (laughs) This entire episode is so horny. Yeah. And kinky. Yeah. Apparently. It's very BDSM. It is very BDSM. Also incest. Also sex with yourself. Like, I can't be the only one seeing all of this. (laughs) This is main text. (laughs) This is not subtext. Uh, um, okay, so Blue Prue has this plan where she has a sister in the Iron Maiden, and if the um, brother doesn't give up his sword, was that it? Mm-hmm. Then she would squeeze the life out of the sister. Well, she'll use the Iron Maiden. She'll squish will, her. It'll uh, poke millions and millions of tiny little uh, like needles through her. Uh-huh. Iron Maidens are terrible. Medieval torture. Yeah, that's what they have. That's what they're using. So anyway. There's a standoff, and she keeps bringing the Iron Maiden closer and closer to killing the sister, but he still refuses and refuses. And then finally, he says, you know what? I'm just going to kill my own sister. So he thrusts the sword through her, Mm -hmm. kills the sister so he doesn't have any weakness anymore, Mm -hmm. takes the sword back, and um, all I have to say is that uh, Riff Raff would never do this. (laughs) Yeah. And then he ends up killing. He advances on Blue Prue, but we don't see the actual scene of death. We just cut to original Prue feeling the scene of death. Mm -hmm. And then we're back at the manor in which uh, original Prue has felt the death. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to strategize. How on earth are we going to do this? Weapons of man don't work. What about weapons of woman? (laughs) They don't say that, but that's what I inferred. Woman. Me too. Um... Do we still have the forensic medicine scene at this point? Next one. Okay. Yeah. The The next thing that happens is that Phoebe gets a premonition that says, we better figure out something fast because he's coming. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. And then we go to the coroner's where yes. the coroner is informing Andy that he, had, he has run all the fingerprints. And according to forensic medicine, that body on the slab is Prue Hallowell. Mm-hmm. All the whorls are the same of <laughs> yeah. the fingerprints. Yes. Uh, so Andy's like, all right, well, um, let's just keep that information between you, me, and this dead body here. And that seems highly unethical. <laughs> <laughs> if I've learned anything from watching Law & Order SVU, bum, it's, bum. That, bum, bum. <laughs> it's that Melinda Warner would never endanger her clinic or her license by doing something as stupid as that. So I don't think this guy's a real doctor. Yeah, corners are the most level-headed of the... Uh, investigatory team. Yeah. So what's up with this? What's up with that? X-Files. That's what's up. Okay. So 
Andy's uh, going to figure something out. He's going to do some snooping. So we go back to the manor, and it's night. And we know it's night because everything is blue. <laughs> uh, and um, we know that the... Oh, I know the brother's name. Gabriel. Oh, Gabriel. That's right. The angel. Oh, yeah. Angel of death. So Gabriel, is, we know that he's going to break into the manor at some point, And he does. And Prue has prepared against that by wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, you got me. And she's like, that's right. All I needed were these sweet <laughs> frames <laughs> to protect myself from being blinded. So anyway, he jumps in um, and he is being what i don't know he's you know got his sword and he's being all phallic and stuff and they use a coordinated attack um prue moves him and oh no 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 prue moves him piper freezes him yes and then phoebe uses her new self-defense skills to kick his butt into I don't know, the Something. statue? But it wasn't the statue. The wall? Yeah. Well, whatever. The point is, they have uh, incapacitated him, and then they run him through with his own sword. That's what Prue uses her powers for. Yes. To run him through with the sword. And he's like, no. Because he is invulnerable to the weapons of man. But not his own weapon. <laughs> not his own dick. <laughs> not his own dick. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> he screws himself over. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. This, this episode, I, we're only being crude because this entire episode is about a phallic metaphor. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. So anyway. Okay. Um. All right. So that was a, it was also a weird death scene. Like he like yeah. turned negative for a second and he then he melted. Terminatored. Oh, that's what that was. Coincidentally, Prue is also wearing those terminated glasses. <laughs> so maybe we just got some references in there. I wonder what the director was thinking when they were putting together their vision for this episode. Let's ask the costume designer, too. <laughs> oh, no. I got a lot of questions. Um, uh. First of all, how dare you? So they end in their classic triangular pose yes. with Prue at the head. And Phoebe and Piper flanking her, and they have defeated the warlock, the warlord. Kilt. Kilt. Okay. And then Andy shows up and says, Prue, you gotta come with me. This ain't no social At call. four in the morning. You gotta come to the morgue. And she's like, okay. This surely bodes well. Yeah. So they get to the morgue, and she says, Andy, you haven't told me what this is about, what is going on. And he says, well, how do you explain <laughs> this? And he pulls out... The trolley on yeah. which uh, Pink Prue's corpse was kept, except it's gone. Only her sweater remains. Yeah. If this had been a true comedy, he would have looked at him and been like, wait, pushes it back in. How do you explain this? And then like tries again. Yeah. It was a kind of comedic scene. Yeah. But nobody was playing it for comedy. No. Um, so Andy is quite perturbed. Uh, and um, Prue was like, you, you should just take me home. There's just clothing on this slab, and I don't think you know what's happening. So Yeah. And again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. This storyline has gone on for way too long. Yeah. There is too much dancing around it. Andy should have been able to either figure it out by now, or mm-hmm. they should have done some serious, like, memory loss magic on him. Yeah. After every single yeah. approach and, like, question that he has for Prue. Because there is no way that he is still this clueless. Yeah. There is no way that he can just go back to his normal life and think that nothing is amiss. Yeah. Before this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, four episodes before this. Yeah. He should have been investigating them or something. This needs a resolution. Okay. So, uh, after he takes her home, the sisters are regrouping at Quake. Mm-hmm. They just do their general debrief. They do it every single End of every episode. Except this time it's, again, about Andy. Mm-hmm. And Prue says we shouldn't underestimate him. Yeah. One of them says, like, if he hasn't figured it out by now, and I'm like, me too. <laughs> um, but she said, no, I think we're going to have to be really, really careful from now on. Mm-hmm. From now on. And turns out that is true because this episode 
doesn't end on any of them. It ends on Andy. And he's looking through the files on Prue. Yep. Her fingerprints, the tickets, mm-hmm. black magic clippings in the newspaper, unexplained absences and, and sightings and happenings at the Hallowell Manor. Yeah. And it ends with him in a dark squad room staring out the window. Something's coming. Something Wicca this way comes. <laughs> and credits. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. That's the end of the 16th episode of the first season of Charmed. What would you give this demon death? It was actually kind of fun. I like the different like phases his death went through. Uh, I would give it maybe like a 3.8 out of 5. Jeremy's. Wow. That's pretty high. I know. I enjoyed this one. Getting up there. I think I would give it like a 2 because I thought it was fine. But I thought what was more fun was just Phoebe <laughs> kicking him. Yeah. I really did appreciate her like uh, kickboxing stint that she was on. Loved it. Yeah. Big fan. Any closing thoughts on this episode? Mm. I don't know. What's the deeper meaning that you feel it has? I feel that it's important to take time with yourself. It's important to be able to yell at yourself. It's important to be able to have a talk with yourself. And it's also important to make out with yourself. (laughs) So appreciate yourself in every capacity that you can. And appreciate that maybe you're not letting yourself be all that you can. Good. I really like that. Uh, And also, color coding is a great way to organize, you know, your world. Yeah, absolutely. Calvin and Hobbes had had it right. Indeed. Did they color code? No, they just transmogrified. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm Shana. You can find me at Bernadette Teeters. And Bryce, you can find me at Your Best Bryce or at Finished Foodstagram. And we are Charmed Spellcast. You can find us at Charmed Spellcast or you can email us charmedspellcast at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening to our musings are random random musings are um freudian musings (laughs) are innuendo yes and have a wonderful wonderful rest of whatever you're doing yep okay maybe yourself okay (laughs) bye (laughs) see you later My favorite TV show on air is the Powerpuff Prues. Got them sweet Nielsen ratings and a three-pronged, color-coded bombshell with great taste in shoes. I'd move mountains for her and her whole damn crew. I'd also settle for creepy statues, Iron Maidens, and smiting lords of war, bemusing those kazoos. Can't contain her in containers. Can you keep your eyes on the cup? Please keep watching, because she's a modern working woman and the protector of the innocent. A first-born witch with first-class brains? She deserves a damn award. Will the real Prue Halliwell please stand up? You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.